Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, we're kind of selling the seven seas and going on a little adventure with Emma Latisse. She has kind of made a name for herself by being a, a cruise expert. She's created a, a YouTube channel, a website, all these things to talk about her experience cruising. She's been on countless cruises. We're going to talk about just how many uh, in this interview, but she's going to tell us a little bit about what started her passion for cruising, what uh, what started her passion for letting everyone else know about kind of the ins and outs of cruising, how to save money, what a cruise ship does this time, how cruises look, all these cool things. I am going to kind of tell her uh, during the interview a little bit about why I started watching her videos, but it really was, you know, you know, I'm a traveler. If this is, uh, this is your first, uh, first time listening, I certainly, uh, you know, I like to bring travelers on, talk about different travel uh, things. I'm huge on budget travel. So seeing the way that Emma cruises was a huge thing to me. I'm not really a big uh, cruiser myself. I've been on one cruise. We're going to talk about that. Definitely would like to do more. Mine was uh, right before COVID, so that's changed things just a, a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that cruises have a, a miss uh, kind of um, a lot of people look at them in a, in a way that it, they're not. You know, you can you can definitely find the, the spring breakers. You can find the, you know, the the older folks on these cruises, but there's also a lot of in-between. She's going to mention that, and uh, I, I think we're going to talk about some of those cruising misconceptions. That's the word I was looking for a minute ago, misconceptions, um, but uh, I, I think you, everyone's going to enjoy this one, whether you enjoy listening to uh, to travel, whether you like uh, cruising, you're a big cruiser yourself, or whether you just like to hear somebody's passion and, and how they started a, a YouTube community around it. I really enjoy hearing, uh, you know, Emma's different uh, different YouTube videos. I was drawn in, even though I'm, you know, uh, a very uh, novice cruiser, just to kind of hear a little bit about all different cruise ships. I, I kind of joke with her um, that uh, some of her videos, I don't know how she comes up with the idea, but you know, like what does, uh, you know, what does the jail look like in a cruise ship? What is the jail cell, or what's the craziest things that people have gotten in trouble? for on a cruise so she's just got some really interesting things that i'm like i had no idea i wanted to know this but now i really really want to know so between some of those cool interesting things and just touring different cruise ships of what to expect when you get on them she's got a lot of really cool content so i do think you're going to enjoy this one i think this very much goes along with a series of people with interesting professions i don't think there's very many people in her profession at all that has really made their living as a, a cruise expert, somebody who is going to show people exactly, you know, what cruising is all about and, and have that social media uh, influence behind her because of that. So that's why I wanted to speak with her. Love her videos. Love to hear how somebody is kind of making that hustle through, uh, through something so interesting. So without uh, further ado, here is my interview with Emma Latisse. I'm here today with Emma Latisse. How are you, Emma? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about what we just were talking about right before this. 
I was trying to make sure I say your last name correctly. I always do that, even with the most common last names. Some people get a little, little mm-hmm. wild with it. But you just said your last name. It, it's a cool sounding last name. It almost sounds like, I don't know, I don't French or I don't know what it sounds mm-hmm. like, but you just said it means nothing. It means almost nothing. If I look back <laughs> through my family tree, right now I have a space in it. My dad added that space. I don't know why. It makes my life so much harder having a space in my name, especially my name is Emma Lee Tees. So I get Emma Lee Tees. Or if I get a parcel, it's under L or T or I don't know. But it is unique. So that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. That your dad just decided, hey, I'm gonna add that, add that space. I don't feel yeah. like I don't feel like we can change our our I mean, obviously you're in the, the UK. I don't mm-hmm. think we can change our names that easily. Oh, ours you- is easy. You just say you want to, and then if I want to start, you know, adding in a letter or something, I can. I might do one day, just carry on the tradition. Yeah, everyone should just add <laughs> one letter and then by the yeah. end it's it's the longest name in the world. I, I like that for sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about cruising. Um, mm-hmm. I know you've talked to, you know, I've watched some of your live streams and you talk to a lot of people who, you know, are big in the cruise world too. And you kind of talk about those intricacies. Yeah. That's not today, but we're going to act like somebody who's never even been on a cruise or maybe don't okay. even know what cruises are. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, just tell us just a little bit about, you know, Emma outside of cruising and outside of just adding multiple letters to her last name. Okay, so I'm from the UK, as you said, I am English. And I mean, cruising is everything for me now. Um, I went to university to study maths, I got a job in data development, which was completely unrelated to cruising, it couldn't have been more different. And I left that job uh, last year, 2021. So yeah, I got you. Well, what what I guess what started this passion for cruising, I don't know whether you've got like a a first cruise that just opened your eyes and was like, this is my life now, or, or what made you decide this is, this is something I really want to dedicate a lot of time to. Cause I do feel like a lot of people that go on cruises, maybe it's like a once a year thing or even mm-hmm. once a decade thing, but it, it's, yeah. it's turned into something very different for you. It has. So I took my first cruise. I was 11. Um, so a distant family member passed away, left someone some money. And my grand decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all of the grandkids. You know, I went, um, I think there were 17 of us maybe on this cruise, which is crazy. But I was 11 on that cruise. So from there, we would do a cruise, you know, every two or three years. And when I was, you know, 19 or 20, I wanted to go on a cruise with my friends. And I would try and convince them to come on a cruise with me. And I realized that Some people had some kind of strange ideas about cruising that I had never considered. I knew it was fun. I was used to it as a teenager. I knew it wasn't. They had ideas about it being really kind of formal and boring. And I knew it wasn't. Um, So I wanted to kind of get that across. And that's when I started a website. And here we are now. Here we are now. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you my experience with with cruising. Mm-hmm. I've been on one cruise in my yep. entire life. I'm a, I mean, I'm a big traveler. I, I travel all over the place, um, but I've only done one cruise. And, and the reason why I'd only done one cruise, because I had been to, I don't know, 12, 13 countries before I took a cruise. Mm-hmm. And I always told people, I, you know, I don't want to do a cruise just because when I can travel, I can you know immerse myself in the local community and not just go to all the tourist traps and do the same thing someone else does. I was always afraid with cruises, you know, with itineraries that I was just going to, you know, get off a ship. And then I was going to do the same thing that, the, you know, 2000 people did the day before and the mm-hmm. day before and the day before. And that, I mean, obviously you, you can get stuck in that, I'm sure, but that's not what I did. I took a, just a short three day cruise to the Bahamas. I booked mm-hmm. every, once we land, once we landed, once we <laughs> in port, whatever I'm used to land. Yep. 
But once we, we got there, I had already booked all my own things. So I just went off mm-hmm. and, and did my own and got back before we left. So you don't have to follow the, the cruise line thing. And I loved it. It was, it was really was cool. Yeah. I mean, I've done, it's quite different from the US versus over here in Europe. So I've done Mediterranean cruises that are seven nights long. We visited five different countries. And if you were to try and do that on land, it would just be impossible. So it's a great way to kind of get a taste of everything. You know, I can be in Spain one day, wake up the next day, open the curtains, you're in France. And it's just unlike anything else. Yeah, I'm I'm sure of that. Yeah, I, I definitely started liking cruising too. And that's kind of how I started watching some of your YouTube videos. Unfortunately, I, my, the one cruise I've went on was in uh, December of 2019. And then a few mm-hmm. things started happening after yep. that. I don't know whether you heard about that, but uh-huh. so that kind of uh, affected that. I, I do want to talk about how, how that affects cruising here in a, in a bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess you, you, you talked about how you went from, you know, a, a traditional role and then doing this on the side to then making mm-hmm. this a full-time role. Yeah. What, what made you decide to do that? And was that a scary leap to, or was it almost necessary, you know, that you had gotten so busy or how was it? It was terrifying, absolutely terrifying to go from the security of, I worked in that job for six years. Um, Data development is, I did kind of coding for car insurers, which was fine. It paid my bills, but I wasn't excited to go to work every day to do this. Um, So I spent, you know, all of my free time, my evenings, my weekends for, I think, five or six years uh, building up things on the side. 2020 hit. I would have really liked to kind of quit my day job in 2020. Wasn't a good time. So I was working from home from my day job I thought this is a great chance to do as much of the cruise stuff as I can and I kind of just increased that as much as I could Um, and as as soon as I resigned on January 1st I was like this is I'm done I'm out so yeah (laughs) yeah and and hopefully it's it's been smooth selling since then it's not like oh and I regret it no I have not regretted it for a single second and I was very lucky with the timing because when I resigned I had I didn't know when the cruise industry was going to reopen I had a three-month notice from my day job so I thought if I resign in January you know end of March time hopefully April things will be back to normal and I took my first cruise from the UK after the pandemic in May so it was only a couple of weeks after I resigned that I was back on a cruise ship which worked out so well Yeah, well, that's cool. The one thing I want to, you just mentioned a three month notice. Is that normal? Here we get two weeks, you get two weeks notice, then you're out of there. It is crazy when I I always hear people talk about handing in their two weeks. And even if you work, you know, uh, in a a shop, you're probably out a month. A month is pretty standard. I had three because it was um, a more senior role, but that's, that's pretty normal. Yeah, a month to three months. Well, I think the problem here is they just don't trust the employees. I mean, yeah, yeah. letting someone work for three months, they're just, you know, they think, oh, well, they're going to do crappy work for the next yeah. three months. So there's no reason for them to be here. That is a thing. I mean, if you're going to a, a rival company, they may ask you to go sooner. But because I was leaving insurance to run my own cruise, you know, they weren't worried about that. I wasn't going to take any of that code. And I haven't. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. You know, this is going to be a hard question. I don't assume you know. Maybe you, maybe you do have like a, you know, a, a tally mark uh, etched into your walls. But do you know how uh, how many cruises you've taken? I'm sure it's more than more than a couple. I think I've just passed forty. I think I do need to go back and recheck that list. Um, when I was, you know, thirteen or fifteen, I I didn't really keep track of things. So who knows? But around forty, uh, which is crazy, crazy. No, that that's that is a lot for sure. Tell us a, a few of your your favorite cruising experiences. This is kind of just to tell people a little bit what cruising is all about. You can kind of tell us maybe 
your favorite experiences on a ship, or you can talk about some of your favorite destinations and some cool destinations you've been to. Or if you're really good, you can just talk about all of it at the same time. I'll try and get everything done. So the way I try and, you know, talk to my friends about cruises, I say to them, what would be your ideal day? What would be your ideal evening? Most of them say things like, oh, I'd listen to some live music. I'd go to a bar. Maybe I would go to the theater. I'd see, you know, a Broadway show. And you can do all of those things on cruise ships while you're traveling. Um, For me, the traveling is almost secondary, just the experience of being on the ship, because I love, you know, eating is a very big part of cruises. Food is important. And it's just, it's unlike anything until you get into a cruise ship, until you stand there and you realize how huge they are. They're, you know, 20 decks high. If you were stood next to a building that was 20 stories high, um, you would know about it. So yeah, my favorite cruise that comes to mind first is a cruise I took Singapore to Tokyo, because if I was to travel on land, Singapore to Tokyo, I wouldn't have you know, stopped off for a day in Vietnam, would I? And every single thing we did, even if it was just buying a drink or you know, going in a shop or just going to walk around a park, it was so different from the UK and it was so interesting. Uh, definitely recommend any kind of Asia itineraries. It made it so much easier for us because we had kind of the safety of the ship. We knew where we would be at a certain time and we could do whatever we wanted in the day, but always come back. You know, you knew where you were sleeping. I didn't have to work out transport between different countries and things. Mm -hmm. And it was brilliant. Yeah. Let's talk about, I guess, kind of the, I think you mentioned it just a little bit, but you know, the, I I think the stigma behind cruising is that it's just for a bunch of, you know, senior citizens. So yeah. How, uh, you know, how, how is that not necessarily the case? Because I'm sure some people think, oh, yeah, well, you did Singapore to Tokyo and stopped in Vietnam, but you don't get people think that, you know, you can't really get into the nitty gritty of it, which is mm-hmm. what's important to me in travel to actually get out there and, and see beyond just what, you know, they, they want the tourists to see. Yeah, it's interesting. When I speak to people who've never been on a cruise, I get one of two reactions. I either get, oh, that's for old people. It's so boring. It's so formal. Or I get, oh, that's for, you know, spring break kids doing a carnival cruise in the Caribbean, drunk people everywhere. And it literally is. Those two things do exist, but there is just everything in between. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want a really busy schedule, if you want to be someone who does, you know, they have skydiving simulators on cruise ships, surf simulators. If you want to do zip lines, there's all the adrenaline filled things like that. If you're someone who doesn't want to do that, you want to sit by the pool, you want to read a book, there's cruise lines that do that. There's so, so many cruise lines, so much choice. And the tricky thing is just matching the right people to the right cruise lines. Yeah. And how, how important it is to you, my kind of niche in travel is to find amazing travel deals. Like I've went some crazy mm-hmm. places. I went to the closest I've been to you was Northern Ireland, which we won't even touch with, okay. you know, touch about the, the UK part of that, but. But yeah, the closest I've been there and because I got a deal for like 200 bucks round trip. So I really Mm -hmm. like to find really good deals. Yeah. So are you big on, you know, these trying to find huge cruise deals? And if so, what are some of the the most awesome deals you've found? Yeah. Budget cruising is definitely my thing. I'm always in the, you know, the cheapest cabin you can find. I'm not picking my location. I'm doing no extras. I'm cruising out of season. I'm always, you know, cruising in the Mediterranean in November when it's raining because it's better than being in the UK when it's raining in November. Um, So probably one of the ones I've done recently that was very cheap, trying to translate this into dollars for you. I think it was around $50 per night. It was £38 per night for this cruise, which included our food. It was our entertainment. It was our transport. And if you were to stay even in a a cheap hotel in it was from Italy in Italy it would be the same price um admittedly 
eat some of the food was not fantastic on that cruise but i just treated everything like it was a bonus it was genuinely cheaper than just staying on land and not moving anywhere and it was it was brilliant it was good fun it was very colorful and um it, it was with costa cruises which is the italian version of carnival so it was an italian carnival party kind of cruise but it was so cheap so cheap I have just booked a very cheap Caribbean cruise, which is actually cheaper than if I was just to book the flights alone from the UK to Barbados. So it was about £150 extra to just do the flights versus to do the flights plus the cruise, which includes all of my drinks for a week, my food for a week. It's a no brainer. No, that's that's really awesome for sure. Yeah, yeah the, the one cruise I took was a, a budget cruise. It was a retired carnival ship that just goes oh, okay. from... She goes from uh, West Palm Beach to Nassau and then back at two nights for two of us. We paid, I think it was what? It was like 212 bucks for the two of us. So yeah. What's that like? It's like, it's like 50 bucks a night. So that yeah. was, that was awesome for sure. You talked about the food being, you know, a, a big thing. And that was the case for us. I don't know. Yep. Is it, the, is it the same worldwide? Obviously the U S has you know, some stereotypes of being mm -hmm. some eaters. So I don't know yeah. whether that's the case because even on the cruise ship, they, they joked like at the, the, you know, the first night when they, they had the, um, the show, like the MC at the end was like, okay, well, we're going to let you go. It's been at least 45 minutes since you've been to the buffet. So have a good night. Yeah. I mean, food is a very big part of cruising. I think in the UK, we kind of, it's slightly different because we'll have afternoon tea. So you kind of just get used to having an extra meal between lunch and dinner. Mm. Um, on the kind of British cruise lines, I will say the the portion sizes on the American cruise lines I found to be a lot bigger than our cruise lines. But the thing about a cruise is if you you can just get as much food as you want. If you have your main and you think, oh, that was a bit small, just order another one. If you can't decide between two desserts, you just order them both because it doesn't cost anything more. <laughs> Right, right. So you, I mean, you mentioned that you, you do the, you know, the cheapest cabin you can, you don't do mm -hmm. all the, the extras. Does that extend no. on to, to land? Are you all just about the cruising or do you, I mean, do you get these experiences at the destination? Because the last thing I, I always hate people that are so, so budget that, you know, I asked, oh, them, no. oh, I, I went there too. And they're like, oh, I didn't do that because it costs, you know, 10 bucks. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh. Really? No, not quite like that. But what I will do is I'll look at what the cruise lines decided is the best things to do. You know, if they're recommending you go to a certain aquarium or something and they'll want to charge you $50 for it, I will go on the aquarium's website. I will book my ticket for, you know, $15 mm. and I will walk there myself. It's just a bit more research, but you can save so much money by just doing that. Oh yeah. Well that's, and I like, I like that. That was the same I way. like it too. Yeah. 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 When I took the, you know, the tour in the Bahamas, Mm -hmm. It was, they wanted like $75 and I just found a local tour guide that yeah. was literally like 15. So no, I, I'm glad that you, that you go do that. That's, that's awesome. So conversely from these awesome things, I'm uh -huh. sure there's some negatives. So what are, are maybe some negative experiences you've had or just negatives about cruising in general? Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest ones, which always surprises people, given that this is what I do for my job is I do get seasick. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> and yes. So on my last cruise, um, I took a cruise over Christmas. I've just got back from it. And we had seven days at sea out of a 12 night cruise. Mm. I didn't book that itinerary. I wouldn't have because of the amount of sea days and the fact I do get seasick. But it was, you know, things are canceled. They're replaced. I thought, well, go. It will be nice. And I got pretty seasick. I wasn't as bad as some of my other family members. Um, but it, it is something that surprises people that I still love cruising. <laughs> 
So do you, I mean, is it bad enough where you, you have to take things for it or do you just, are you able to kind of push through? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very kind of motion sick in cars and planes and Mm. trains. It's not just cruise ships. If I go on a normal cruise and there's no bad weather, I'm completely fine. I don't even think about it, but we did encounter a couple of storms. We had a, we sailed away at half two in the morning because we were trying to avoid a storm we had medical emergencies we had you name it everything happened on this cruise but a normal cruise i don't go into it assuming i'm going to be seasick the whole time but if we do hit some bad weather i'm going to take travel sickness pills i'm going to wear the wristbands i'm going to do everything at the same time (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know if i'm seasick because the the few times that i could have had the issue i took yeah. a well watching tour in iceland and i took a pill just to make sure because last thing i wanted to do was be seasick during mm-hmm. that and then I, yeah. when i took my one cruise i took medicine but I, next time you know i'm, I'm gonna have to rough no, it just, just find out because yeah it made me so sleepy i fell asleep mm-hmm. during the show so i yeah i oh, I, it, I, I hopefully you don't have to take medicine too often because i feel like that puts you in a haze and you don't enjoy things as much yeah, it was a bit strange because, I mean, we had Christmas Day at sea, which was amazing to be on a Christmas cruise. But I was I was taking naps all the time because I was pretty tired. Yeah. So other than you personally being seasick, mm-hmm. what I mean, what are some more maybe not negatives, but some things that people should know about cruising that is different and maybe not in a positive light? OK, so sometimes you'll go to a port and they'll say this cruise docks in Paris. And I don't know how much you know about Paris, but Paris is not by the ocean. It's quite far inland. So often you'll be left in a place which is an industrial port of something that is not that. Uh, Same thing happens in places like Rome and your options are, you know, do a transfer with the cruise line, go on the train, but it does require a bit more kind of research to work out how you're going to do that. And if you are, I'm always a person on the train, a person on the normal buses, but don't leave it to get that last train to get back for your ship because mm. your ship will leave without you. I'm always back at least an hour before because it's not, I wouldn't enjoy it. I would just be so stressed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that, that's, that's something too. And I'm sure there, there's where they get a lot of, uh, you know, that extra cash flow too, mm-hmm. by book having all those transports. So yeah, here we're not as good with public transportation. So it probably makes it harder for people to, to get where they need to go other than, than do it with the cruise. So. Yeah, there's not much you can do. These these places are just not by the ocean. So right, right. So you you have a YouTube channel. That's kind of that that's mm-hmm. a huge thing for you. What made yep. you start this YouTube channel? You talked in the beginning about you know enjoying cruising and and deciding to share it. But what exactly went into the decision to do that? So I when I was cruising as a child and when I was cruising as a teenager, we cruised with the kind of big American cruise lines, the very flexible freestyle ones where you could wear shorts every day. And I just thought that's what cruising was like, because that's all I'd done. And then I went on a Cunard cruise with my family and Cunard are a British cruise line. And it's very, very traditional cruising, as in the dress codes they apply across the ship after 6 p.m., the men will wear tuxedos, the women will wear, you know, the most amazing ball gowns. And I was on that cruise and I just thought, what is this? I was not prepared for this. And this is what people think cruising is like. And I've met so many people since who, you know, they took their first cruise and they took a, you know, a transatlantic with Cunard. They hated the dress codes. They hated the sea days. And I just think if we could put you on a Royal Caribbean cruise in the Caribbean, that, that would be fantastic. So I, on that cruise, I decided to start a website and then it moved into a YouTube channel just because there were certain things that were kind of easier to show. So sometimes it, it's quite hard to show a cruise through just text. 
Yeah, that I mean, I feel like as an American and, and that kind of cruising, I had no idea about that until you just mentioned it. So yeah, yeah. that would be that would be something. That's totally different than than most of what we uh, what mm-hmm. we do here. Uh, I think they have to try to remind people to wear their shoes to do yeah. so. It is cruising as popular in you know in Europe as it is here, maybe more popular, or what does that look like? In terms of passenger numbers, the US is absolutely the biggest market in the world. You're leading the way. Um, but cruising is very popular in, you know, we have Mediterranean cruises. Up near Norway, there's a lot of cruises. You'll find cruises in Australia is normally a huge cruise market. At the minute, Australia still can't cruise, so we're, we're missing them. But in terms of passenger numbers, I'm not sure how many times bigger the US is, but it is a lot. It's at least 10 times bigger than it is from the UK. But you have the people. <laughs> Right, right. So talk about your your YouTube channel. You kind of mentioned a little bit, but what what are people going to find if uh, if they head on over there? So I started this channel and it would be, you know, I want to show someone the view from the elevator in the central atrium, or I want to show someone the sail into this kind of place. Then I moved into kind of sitting down and talking, general tips. And now it's very much focused on the kind of budget side of cruising so that people can cruise more. All the time I meet people, even on the same cruises as me, who have paid so much more for things. And I just think you could squeeze an extra cruise out of that if you just knew how. So most of my stuff at the minute is it's told through stories stories, stories of things I've done or stories of other people I've met, but there's very much a budget, you know, money saving threads going through all of my videos. What are some of your, I mean, maybe your, your most viewed videos, just to kind of talk about some topics that you might talk about. Okay. So I think one of my most viewed videos was when I went on Virgin Voyages, Virgin launched a cruise ship. I was one of the first people on there on a press event didn't really like it. And that was one of my my top videos. I have since cruised again with Virgin since they've actually launched. Unfortunately, they tried to launch just as the pandemic started. So it wasn't good timing. But I did go back and I had I had a good time. Um, I have videos about, you know, I've done Disney cruises. I'm not a huge Disney person, to be honest. So I was interested in, is it worth that premium price? Or are you just paying for the kind of Disney characters? all kinds of cruise lines on there, not just ocean cruising. I've done a few river cruises too. So I, I've interviewed quite a few people that have YouTube channels, travel channels. And I just wonder if you have some of these same issues where you know, they, they talk about how travel is still a huge thing for them and they still enjoy it, but they have to make sure to be cognizant of that and to make sure they set aside time to enjoy it because you know, after so long of doing YouTube channel or YouTube videos, sometimes it turns into, I don't necessarily want to go here, but I haven't made a video here in five years. So mm-hmm. I need, I need this for my content. Are you still able to, you know, cruise really for, for enjoyment or sometimes it's like, Oh, I haven't been on this ship. So I need to take this so I can make a video. Yeah. There's, there's definitely cruises I've booked because it's just a curiosity factor. I just want to know what this is like. I think it will be a good story. And I go on those cruises to do that. When I'm on those cruises, I very much know that they're, you know, this is the purpose of this cruise. I do a couple of, um, this year I've done a couple of press trips where the cruise line invites you to cruise with journalists and magazine people, which is great, but it's it's very different from a, a regular cruise. And then I have kind of a third category of cruises, which is these are the ones I want to cruise with my family. We've just booked it. I know the audience isn't going to be that interested, but I want to go and do this. Yeah. How often do you put out videos? I don't know that answer. So I do one per week, which is like a proper story video. And then I do one live stream a week. I gotcha. 
how do you, how do you come up with with the ideas? Because I mean, you you mentioned some of these, you know, that you're you're talking about a certain cruise ship in your experience, mm-hmm. but you've got a lot more than just that. You you talk about all kinds of different things. I'm like, I have no, I had no inkling that I wanted to know that, but now I want to know why that's the case on the ship or whatever. Yeah, I do. I do sometimes go down, you know, I'll find an interesting story about, oh, there was, you know, this fire on this cruise ship. And that's just my personal interest, but I want to do something. I really like researching it and looking through all, you know, the accident reports and putting together things like that. So I have that type of video, which, you know, doesn't require me to go on a cruise. Um, Then I have the cruise ones, which are more kind of ship tours, cabin tours. This is what I saw during this cruise. And a lot of it just comes from, you know, people will email me and they'll tell me stories of what's happened to them or they'll ask me questions. And I think, you know, this is a good question. Why don't I answer it for thousands of people rather than just, you know, to this one person in the email? Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense for sure. How long does it take you to make these videos? Because unlike some other people that are kind of live during the whole thing, there's Mm -hmm. times that you're, you know, you're showing things and you're like, you know, this is from my cruise two years ago do you have all these like little clips or how do you how does that exactly happen yeah it is it is getting a lot in terms of organization um but i have things kind of sort out by cruise line i'll have certain balcony clips if i need food clips i have everything now thankfully um obviously when i'm on a cruise i'm filming everything i see so that takes me quite a lot of time but when i get home i will normally spend I don't know, a a day kind of scripting it, writing down everything I want to make sure I I get through. The actual filming it is absolutely the easiest part. Takes me, you know, a couple of hours, but it's the editing afterwards that takes me days, a couple of days probably to edit it. No, I I hear you there. And maybe that kind of feeds into the, the next question about what are some of the things that have surprised you positively and negatively about having this YouTube channel? Because I know anytime anyone has anything in the public that it does open you up for, for issues sometimes, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, that positive community too. So talk about both sides. Yeah. So I've, I'm, I've made an effort always to kind of connect with the other people in my space because there's so many interesting people, people who've done things that I haven't done, people who know things that I don't know. And I've got to a point now, I mean, normally I have a guest on my live stream, but if I, you know, I need to know something about Australian cruising, I have an Australian Australian cruise YouTuber friend or if I need to know something about the CDC I'll ask my friend who knows about that and it's been really nice to get to know people all over the world everyone's very supportive of each other and it's just nice to check in because they un- they understand um, obviously with the bad side of YouTube as you say when you put anything on YouTube people will pick it apart I had a, a complaint yesterday that I said the word inside too many times in an inside cabin tour so like that's the type of thing it's impossible you just have to delete them block them hide the words and just think if that's someone's idea of fun they're enjoying that on their evening you kind of got to just pity them I think but it is hard (laughs) no I I hear you do I mean does does it ever do you ever let it get to you or is it just easy enough just to block them and forget them They do say, you know, if you read one bad comment, you'll remember that even if you read 100 good ones and you do, it tends to be the same kind of insults over and over again. So as soon as you see one, I'll add it to my YouTube block list so I don't have to see them over and over again. But um, yeah, nothing you can do about it. It comes it comes with the territory. That's when what people do sadly yeah you add them to your your block list are you talking about the person or or is there something that's so commonly insulted that you like Mm -hmm. have keywords that are blocked yeah i have hundreds of keywords that are blocked 
like you are so annoying add that to the you know everything uh, like that um every time i get a new insult i mean sometimes i have to look up words because i didn't even know that they were insults and then i add them to the list <laughs> i got you well i, yeah. I understand that like you know, the common insults i thought you had something th- that everyone insults i'm trying to think no, what no. in the world is that is this one thing am i missing it i don't know what you're what you're heavily insulted about now that makes sense. No, makes I've sense. just spent years, years building up that library of the block list. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the one, the thing that I wonder too, your YouTube channel, is it, is it kind of evenly dispersed throughout the world that people watch or where are most of your viewers coming from? It matches pretty well where the cruisers are in the world. So it is mostly Americans. Um, I did start to do kind of a British phrase of the week in my videos because I used to get so many right. questions. I would say, oh, there's, you know, the bins under there. I'd get all the comments saying oh what's the bin and then in next week's video i would explain the british phrase and i've, I've carried that on it's interesting because you know sometimes australians will pipe up and say oh we do that too or canada and it's, it's just fun yeah and I, I was quite i kind of figured that a lot of them would be from from the u.s so when i talk to youtubers that's a lot of, a lot of the case for anything and hopefully most of the people you that you know that watch are i guess kind of well cultured given that they're wanting to look at cruises but I do know Americans too. And I do know how, you know, other YouTubers that have come from other places. Do you ever deal with people that are just brazen Americans that just upset with you just because you have an accent? Like what? I, oh, I don't have an accent yes. to me. What are you talking about? Yes. The amount of people who will say, oh, you spelt this wrong. I'm like, no, I didn't spell it wrong. We spell words differently here. Or I'll get comments that say, oh, you can't trust her with how she pronounces this. That's how we pronounce this. Like I have, I think I have quite an easy to understand English accent. I'm from the South of England, but you wouldn't think it if you read some of my comments. <laughs> I think if people can't understand, I, I make an effort to try and, you know, pronounce things well for YouTube, but uh, it's always going to be someone that doesn't like it. I'm not changing it. This is, this is how I talk. You mean you're not willing just to talk in an American no. accent for everybody? If I did in one video, I'd lose, you know, 70% of my subscribers straight away, I think. That's funny. Um, so, you know, we we skirted a little bit around the topic quite a bit, but unfortunately, it's a huge topic right now. What does cruising look like with, with COVID? Okay, so it has come a long, long way. Um, I took my first after pandemic cruise last May, and we've been cruising pretty much throughout the summer here in the UK. Um, the way it started was we would have very limited destinations. So we would be going around around the UK. Uh, people from the US would tend to just be going around the Caribbean, but now we're finally expanding further. I have taken fly cruises again, and it's pretty much back to normal. The only real differences that you notice on cruises is that they're not 100% full, which is brilliant. I like the extra space. And you normally have to wear masks if you're kind of walking around the ship. When you're sat down in a restaurant or a bar, you take your mask off. You've always had to sanitize your hands so much on cruise ships. They've always been super, super clean. So I think really the, the cruise industry was kind of quite well placed to deal with this. It's only the addition of masks. Well, that's good that there's not a ton because the next question might be moot at this point because I was going to ask, <laughs> is there differences that have happened, you know, now that, that COVID, you know, is a thing that you think are here to stay in the cruise industry? I think they've maybe things that cruise lines were going to do, this has accelerated them doing it. Things like when you go on a cruise, you have to do a mustard drill, which is a safety drill before you sail away. And you used to have to go and, you know, sit in the theater together or stand in the promenade deck together. And you basically watch a video, but everyone had to be 
together to do it. Now you normally watch it on your phone, you watch it in your cabin, and it's so much better. I'm sure they would have got there at some point, but it's mm-hmm. kind of just fast forwarded a lot of the tech. Outside of YouTube, you have a you have a website that does a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Tell us exactly, you know, what what the website is and what you uh, what you provide to to people there. Okay, so every everything is around emmacruises.com. All of my YouTube videos, everything is on there. I do consultations on there. I sell a course on there about budget cruising. And I'm Emma Cruises across the entire internet. I'm even on TikTok now. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm everywhere now. Emma Cruises, keeping it nice and simple. What advice do you have to people taking their first cruise or maybe people that are, are well-versed, but just some, some extra pointers? I think one of the biggest kind of mistakes I see is people putting a lot of pressure on themselves to go and see everything and do everything on their trip. And I don't think you need to do that. Sometimes the best things happen when you've just left the day free, you've just wandered off. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if I'm in port, I'll just wander vaguely in the direction of town and I'll see things that I never would have planned to see. Um, but the best things happen when you're not kind of planning everything. People do get very stressed thinking I need to eat in every restaurant, I need to go to every bar, I need to do everything but you don't, don't stress yourself out. That's, that's important. I think we all could learn from that. Even the most yeah. you know, experienced traveler, because that is me to a T. I, yeah, I, get a, it. I have a schedule that to make sure that I can see as much as I, I can. And it is hard for me to, to move off of that. Sometimes yeah. I, I, you know, I, I travel, you know, not much by 20% of the time travel solo and that's where you really can get into interesting experiences just because you don't have anyone else, you know, tagging along. And it's yeah. hard for me to get off of that schedule to sometimes experience some of the coolest things. I think, man, if I really was that set, which sometimes it's hard for me to get away from, if I really was that set, I would have missed, you know, being, yeah. being invited to, you know, eat, eat at a table with locals and stuff. So I, yeah. I can see that for sure. I can see that's that for thing. sure. I mean, yeah. I was on my last cruise and I, I was just having some free time and they announced that Santa was on the pool deck. And I wouldn't have seen that if I wasn't there. But you know what I mean? Just schedule in, schedule in unscheduled time if you have to. Yeah. And you do do some you do do some solo travel, correct? I do sometimes, but it tends to be, you know, with other people in a situation like me, you know, people who work in the industry, travel agents, journalists. Um, I'm in a good position now because I'm I'm in my late 20s. If my parents go away, they still kind of want me to come on cruises with them and my friends want to go. So I'm kind of, you know, floating around between everybody, which is brilliant. (laughs) No, that's, that's really cool for sure. Yeah. Solo, solo travel is a cool thing, but it's, uh, I've said the story a million times. I'm going to brush over it really fast, but my last solo trip was at the start of the pandemic. I was in Spain. That's when we had the lockdown mm-hmm. in the United States that no one, you know, was the Euro- Europe banned is what we, you know, yeah. what it was called. But I was afraid, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get back. I'm stuck. And I was by myself. So that was, that was a little scary. So I feel like right now when things mm-hmm. are a little dicey, probably not the time just to go across the country by yourself or across the world by yourself. Yeah, no, I have great respect for anybody who does do that. And people have brilliant times. I think it's a bit different for me now with my channel as well, because I do get, you know, recognized on every cruise mm-hmm. I go on. And sometimes it's nice to have to not be alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's another that's another can of worms. You have people yeah. like bother you because obviously you're in a, a, a kind of enclosed space. It's not like you can just jump off and head somewhere else. That's do you deal with that? Yeah, sometimes you'll have um, 
people who don't really get a hint you know what I mean if someone says oh can I come to dinner with you no I've got to oh what about this no and and they don't get the hint which is quite hard I love talking to people I love it when people come up to me um but I always prefer it when people come up to me and they say hey I subscribe to you on YouTube or I'm in your Facebook group or they tell me how they know me because I'm so afraid that I've met this person I've forgotten them when they just say hey Emma how's your cat Hudson I'm like I don't know yeah (laughs) but it's it's good it's good fun but yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah i got you i got you so if people see you on a cruise talk to you but don't uh you know don't don't get too wild with it I think that's, that's, yourself. That's, yeah. yeah that's that's how it is should be in in all of the world but yeah. you know, whatever um talk about that uh that charity head shave we talked about that be ahead of uh ahead of our interview yes. i know if i remember you did you shaved your head in the past i think that you just ended at it at this point I feel like you yeah. enjoy it at this point. Well, so I I did this. I had less than two thousand subscribers on YouTube. I shaved my head on a cruise. Um, we raised five thousand pounds, which at the time I thought it was it was good. I was very proud of that. But now I'm very close to a hundred thousand subscribers. I've been growing my hair for the last four years, and it's long enough that I can donate it again now. So we're doing a head shave on a cruise again in May. We're doing a nineties themed cruise, and um. It should be good. Nearly 100,000 subscribers. All I need is if people donated, you know, a dollar each, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? So fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Are you worried about it all? Obviously, you've done it before. Some people are like very tied to their hair. Apparently, you're you're not. So (laughs) is it I mean, is it something at all that you're like, oh, man, I've you know, I've been growing out for four years and now I'm heading back to to bald land or what? I don't know. There's definitely some perks. There definitely is. To be able to feel the wind go through your hair against your head. I really miss that. That's really nice. Um, being able to, honestly, you don't appreciate it, but you should. Uh, just being able to have a shower and not dry my hair for hours was fantastic. Uh, some people were very mean to me and I'm, I'm prepared for the, you know, meanness on YouTube that's going to come again. But uh, it, it's, it's hair. It grows back. It doesn't cost me any money. It'll be back in a few months. I don't think it's a huge deal. But if you ask me, you know, I wasn't planning on doing it again the first time I did it. But here we are. <laughs> so are you I mean, are, how how shaved are you? Are you going to be like just a, the pool cue? Just nothing like a no, I went like a little uh, kiwi fruit last time, <laughs> like okay. a little stubble uh, because, yeah, I don't know what even what color my head would be. That would be a bit strange. So we'll keep it a little bit. <laughs> I did num- number three last time, I think, all over, which was plenty short. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, now yeah. I think the people want to know what color your, your head is. So you mm. may just have to go all the way. I, yeah, my mum did say this. She was like, what happens if you have a tattoo or something? You don't know. You've never seen your head. Your head might be a weird shape, but didn't find it last time. So it's is fine. Your, your mom <laughs> saying that maybe she put a tattoo on your head that you don't know about? Yeah, I think that's what she was implying, but I didn't find it. So that's oh, good. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. Tell us how we can connect with you. Obviously, YouTube, your website, but kind of plug each of those. Okay. So my website's just emmacruises.com. Very, very easy. If anyone wants to email me on anything, it's emma at emmacruises.com. That's probably the easiest way to get in contact with me. I'm also on Instagram, emmacruises. That's where I'll share pictures of everything I eat, everything I do on a cruise. I've got a lot of kind of favorited stories on there. So if you want to have a little preview of what certain cruises are like. I, I try and do it for that. I'm on Twitter and I just say random things there. Also Emma Cruises. Um, I think that's about it. Emma Cruises everywhere, if you're in doubt. Uh, it was awesome talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. 
You're very welcome. This has been fun. Thanks. So that was Emma Latisse. Really enjoyed speaking with her. It's it's evident why she has so many followers. She's just a, a really cool person. And, and I think she explains things really well when it comes to cruising, which is something that you know a lot of people know a lot about, but a lot of people know very, very little about too. So I... I'm always very, very informed when I, I listen to uh, to her content, watch her videos. Uh, like I said in the in the opening, learn about things that I had no idea that I even cared about. Watch, you know, <laughs> tours of uh, ships that I, I may very well never go on. I I just enjoy you know learning. Uh, whether you're a big cruiser or whether you're not, I do think that this is. Uh, was a cool cool conversation if it is something that you want to learn more about definitely recommend checking out her videos if you want a consultation like she mentioned to talk more about cruising check her out she's a joy to speak with i'm sure she's a joy to uh, to work through that process with too emma cruises on on all uh, all areas um Appreciate her being here. Appreciate you being here. If this is your first time listening, maybe you're a fan of Emma Cruz's. Thanks for coming over. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you uh, you think I did her justice and we learned just maybe a little bit more about her. Um, for everyone that hasn't already, please do uh, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Like us on uh, like us on wherever you can like Facebook. Subscribe on uh, on apple and on spotify leave that five star review write a review that's always awesome really appreciate that follow us on instagram not enough podcast appreciate that as well always love to connect with uh with those who listen um but uh thanks for being here i thank emma for being here and take it away chris this has been not in a huff with jackson huff thank you for listening be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.